0: Okay,
1: well, yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, we're live. All there right. Here we
2: go. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the MSG Podcast. As always, we're your hosts. I'm David. I'm Trey. And we, we have a done. rockin' guest with us today. Special guest. He's he's all the way from our hometown of Dallas. Should we not say your last name?
3: I mean, everybody calls me by my last name, so, I mean, I don't that's really kind think kind of it important. <laughs> Okay. Well, we
2: have the much-loved Alex Bean with us. Hey, how's it going? Today. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. So. so, how's it feel to be a celebrity now, Alex?
3: Oh, celebrity! I feel like that's a bit much, but <laughs> a megastar, superstar. Mega. Oh man, uh, I have to say that's a that's a lot to live up to there. <laughs> it's okay,
2: you know. It, it took us a while to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, with our, what it th- was it two or three people that listened from India.
1: I don't know. I would have to recheck. But so that makes we have, you an international we have, celebrity. We have international. other international people. It's true. So, it was ironic because I was talking to Alex earlier today at lunch about possibly coming on sometime. Yeah. And then when you mentioned I his name, like when, you, <laughs> when you mentioned him specifically, I was like, okay.
2: So. Well, I was trying to think, okay, of the people that could be available, who would probably be on? I was thinking,
3: Alex. This is true. I did hear about this, and I was definitely thinking about joining at some point, so... Hmm.
1: That's our plan to have some of <laughs> y'all on. So,
2: we hadn't done a guest in a while, so this yeah. is this is good. <laughs> Been a while,
1: so. All right.
2: I, How did lunch go, by the way? Just. Out of-
3: good. It was solid. I think we had yep. a. So we luckily were able to go to like the back room where Thank all the good. booths are. Good, good, good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got, I got there early and we kind of took over like four booths back there. It was just me and Trey for a while sitting at a table. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone else kind of sat at different tables and such. And then Jules showed up and she was a character today. Really? <laughs> I don't know, I never yeah, I've never talked <laughs> to her legitimately like so
1: She No, no, she was... was she was interesting. She was good to talk to, but it was like I don't know, there was like a point where I guess it got Silent for a minute cuz I think we were all eating. Right. And I guess she said that Alex looked at her expecting her to say something,
3: but she had food in her mouth at the moment. And see, I just looked over and it looked like she started to doze as she was eating, so she kind of like just starts slowly forward and everything. And I'm I'm just looking. At I'm like is she okay. Like she like, to... And she and then after that she just starts dying laughing. <laughs> We it just goes nuts. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know what was happening at first,
1: but they, they started looking over at us. It was like, "What's happening?" I was like, "She's high or something."
3: Like I don't wow. know. Nathan's literally over here. He's like, "What did you smoke?" <laughs> oh man! Wow. Was... Okay,
2: well, I missed a good one then. That's it I... was a trip. <laughs> it's good. So is she okay? Yeah, yeah, she was fine.
1: Yeah, okay. it was just <laughs>
3: oh man, it's very
1: unique. I say.
3: Oh, let's not forget the uh, brown salsa incident. Brown. <laughs> she, oh,
1: hey, shoot. I completely forgot about that. we got to uh, yeah, try that. Yes,
3: yeah, so we apparently need to try this at some point. Uh, our friend Jules thought that uh, she looked at the salsa and didn't think it was salsa because it looked brown. Well in that, she,
2: in that lighting, I think it looks really brown.
3: And she was very confused, and so she thought it was maybe soy sauce, or <laughs> teriyaki, or perhaps barbecue <laughs> sauce. Note, everybody, this is a Mexican food restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And yeah. so after this, we we're like, so clearly we need to try this. We need to put all these together at some point. I'm and, down. And, and, and eat it with like tortilla chips. Yeah, yeah, tortilla chips, and, he, and she said she would witness it. She wouldn't participate with us, even though so we want to.
1: I might go out and buy some, the sauces this, this week. Yeah, we'll just do just it. Just have them and then do it. Oh, good fellowship
3: this Friday. Come Ooh. back and talk about it next week. Ooh, that's a good idea. I might. <laughs> hey, actually, you know. I might actually <laughs> do
1: that. I'll have a little bag, and we'll have all the sauces in it, and I'll have a bag of tortilla chips. We're ready. <laughs> like, she's gonna walk go.
3: in guys. I got the goods. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it sounds like she was a character this time.
3: Oh, man, Yeah, it was... usually
2: she's like over by herself and like not talking. I mean, she'll talk to people. But... Well, she
3: sat at our table, I think, because every other table was full. Yeah, most other other tables were full, and so it was just us <laughs> two. And so she sat with us, and man, she was in for it. <laughs> yeah, for the like the first
1: twenty minutes, it's just me and Alex at a table while like, everybody else had full tables all yeah, so like had, super loud. So we had the you?
3: pastoral ta- table with Noah, his wife, and Joey and Adani. Then we had Nathan, who sat with the girls, or yeah, the girls sat with him. Then we had the <laughs> nurses' table with Casey and all the other yeah. nurses, and then it was just me and Trey just leaving these open in case anybody else was showing up, because we didn't know if we were going to have 15 yeah. of us or 20 of us. And so yeah, we so some of them to, canceled anyways. Yeah, yeah. and but, so we were just trying to keep space open, and Jules having to walk in, so she sat with us, and...
2: Gave you all that beautiful, beautiful oh. memory.
3: It worked <laughs> out. It was interesting. Yeah, I got, we got that, and then eventually Nathan was trying to get my attention. He's just like, hey, Pinto! And I'm like, like eh. and I don't know why, but I somehow, for whatever reason, turned and acknowledged it. Like, oh, no. And now I guess that's going to stick. Hope's already calling me Lima. Uh, I'm just, oh, man. <laughs> this is what I get for having the last name Bean, guys.
0: Hey,
1: man. I usually call you Alex. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, will, I will unless all the other
1: Alexes are around, and then I have to avoid the. Yeah, the entire other five <laughs> Alexes we have at our church. Yeah. yeah. So
2: I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. It makes me want to just pick my own bean to call you,
3: but <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna resist. We're just, we're just gonna create a list, and it's like, all right, everybody only gets one. Choose wisely. <laughs> I'm down for that. Uh, you know,
2: actually, that would be a really interesting system because whoever called you, you'd know who was calling.
3: It. What if we started an auction?
2: Oh, like auction <laughs> off the different B.
3: Auction off the names. Just go off in different ones. Like, all right, who wants refried? Who wants pinto? Who wants kidney. lima? <laughs> who wants kidney? <laughs> Mm. And just start auctioning off We'll give it to a charity Or something We'll just start auctioning Off the names For be, what people are Allowed to call me I'll be green <laughs> I'll, be I'll be green bean Green, green bean Okay It's a high dollar one I bet uh-huh. I'm willing one. to pay <laughs> Although Hope did tell me If I ever showed up To church again In cowboy boots Jeans And for whatever reason A cowboy hat Which I've never worn in church She'd call me Ranch style <laughs> Ranch style
2: You'd be string bean String, string bean. bean There you go
1: All the beans We're just gonna list off All the beans possible
2: I like this trend. People are getting
3: creative. Yeah, let's not forget the great mister Bean. Hey, that's yeah. what,
1: what I said you? that was I said that was an honor to have that name. <laughs> it really is. I
2: mean, it's a legend.
1: Yeah. It is a
3: legend, but man, I was I tried my hardest to be Mr. Alex as a teacher at, like for they daycare. It out. No, they didn't figure it out. One of my co co workers was like, No, nah, we're not doing that. This is Mr Bean, guys and it's like, dude, really? No, you no. Just, you just called that for me? Like, really? Come on, man.
2: Ruin <laughs> ruined the surprise. Oh, <laughs>
3: That's what you tell
2: your kids, like, at the end of the year. I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, my last name is Bean.
3: Yeah, it's I had, like, I had uh, like, five-year-olds all the way to 12-year-olds. Now I'm just you're like, Mr. Bean, Mr. Bean. It's like, oh, no. Thank oh, you. gosh. <laughs> they don't
1: know the real legend.
3: No. No, of course not. They're kids. <laughs> that's what you got to
1: do. You got to show them the show, and then they'll know. That's how you do it. That's
2: right. It's like children, you're <laughs> it's gonna a, love this. It's a great show. So. this was me in the past.
3: Man, <laughs> yeah. I even went to college and got a kinesiology degree and I was like, Yeah, I'll be coach Bean instead. Yeah, that's, And then that's I never pursu- and then I never pursued it, so I'm still Mr. Bean. <laughs> you
2: could be Doctor Bean. Just oh. apply yourself a little bit more in education. Uh,
3: I mean that's Dr. not Bean, that's PhD. not off the table. A doctorate degree is still available. I would definitely have to figure out what topic I would do for my dissertation, Mm -hmm. but it would be something. Dr. Bean. That That, would be the first. I I think it would be the first. I don't think in my family there's any doctors in the family.
2: Hey, so that's something to shoot for. I think you could do it. Yeah,
3: possibly. I mean, there's only so much that my brain can handle. (laughs) That's true. But also,
2: you don't strike me as one of those people that would, like, correct others if somebody called you Mr. Bean, like... If you had a doctorate, I don't think you'd be no, no, that's, a, that's Dr. Bean to you.
3: No, if I had a doctorate, I would totally do that. I <laughs> The whole deal it's with the doctorate idea. is that I earned that PhD. <laughs> I get to put letters before and after my name. <laughs> this, is, this is legit. There you go. What's going to be weird, though, is if I do become a doctor, but I have my undergrad in kinesiology, they're going to be like, oh, so you, did you become a physical therapist? I'm like, no, I'm a doctor in theology. Or something. <laughs> underwater basket weaving. <laughs> underwater basket. There was actually a guy at the church that had that as a minor at one point. Really? Back in, yeah, back in the day. He's like, oh yeah, I minored in underwater basket weaving. <laughs> <laughs> that That's another
2: legendary skill. Good luck finding someone else for
3: that. Other than that guy, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was uh, Wayne Terry. Wayne Terry. Yeah, he's now gone to be with the Lord, but mm-hmm.
2: man, yeah, yeah. So somebody has to replace him for that stuff. That's essential to the Christian faith, apparently. Oh, of
3: course, apparently, yeah. We should all have a deacon of underwater basketball. <laughs> <we can> <laughs> <be>. <laughs> I agree. We take this before the church. And <laughs> bring it to the Board of Elders.
2: <laughs> it's come to my attention that uh, there's a, a position that needs to be filled. a
3: particular <laughs> office of deacon that needs to be filled. That's right. And have an assistant. Several assistants. That's, that's going
2: to be passed on. To everybody. <laughs> Maybe it's like a disease. Like once you get that skill, it's like, stay away.
1: Well, dude, we're you're only going to learn this. You would only want one person to get it then. That's right.
3: <laughs> Put yourself in the bubble. There
1: we go. The bubble boy again.
3: Yeah. Last
2: boy. last uh, last podcast we talked about how uh, you know some people used to be in the bubbles mm. and how for COVID we could just have bubbles that you could walk around in, and be walk good. over water and stuff. And then how they could weaponize it against the people who didn't want to be vaccinated and just put needles all over the inside. So that no
1: matter where you roll, you always get stabbed by the the vaccine. Oh,
2: gosh. I mean, if they're wearing off like they seem to be, like they say, you know, they're they're probably going to get it to the point where you have to get weekly injections to keep up their, maybe daily injections. They have the booster
3: shots. That's the. Yeah, that's how they say The first vaccine fell off a bit. Now it's the booster shot that should re energize you. But for how kind of long? That's, that's a great question. <laughs> I don't think they I even I am not a microbiologist. or <laughs> Not yet. Or so with your Bill skill Roberts. in kinesiology. <laughs> <let's> <laughs>
1: that's where you get your doctrine. That's you, my doctorate. You, I yeah. become
3: a microbiologist. Yeah. I went from kinesiology to and a, master, all of it to a master of divinity to microbiology. That's what I guess. We'll just do, just do all of it. Might as well. And
2: then you can do a sub-minor in neurosurgery. <laughs> Just to round out that, uh, that whole arc.
3: Yeah, well, you know, there's enough people I need to convince that math is always factual. That yeah. I think it would be a problem if I pursued a doctorate in microbiology. <laughs> you
2: no, know, that's your door in. And they're like, oh, look, a fellow microbiologist. And they're like, have you heard about pure mathematics? That's the only fact we have.
3: Yes. Like, <laughs> oh, no.
2: It's an imposter. <laughs> two
3: plus two equals four, guys it cannot be changed it is not five it radicalizes the entire universe if you change that <laughs> la la la
1: <laughs> just cover yours I don't want to listen I yeah. can't listen to this blasphemy I had
3: the, we had this conversation even today we were on the same side but it was a discussion we had today with these youth and I was talking with uh, one of the guys one of the parents and he works for cybersecurity. and huh. so he co- is constantly dealing with like hackers and different stuff like that and it's just like yeah man so do you ever deal with anybody that like for whatever reason doesn't think that two plus two equals four like they think it's like seven <laughs> i this this a thing that happens in the world of hacking billions of dollars away from companies really hmm. of he- course he said no <laughs> <laughs> Of course. But we just had to put that thought in everybody's head. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, <laughs> that is maybe it the smartest hackers in the world think two plus two equals five.
1: And maybe You may right. start convincing people <laughs> it is five though. That's the problem. You're well, gonna start turning people on themselves.
2: It, it's always amused me those videos where people like say, I've proven it and then they work out the math, but they've done like some little tiny thing that changes the math. So it really is four. But if you work it this one special way, you could trick people into thinking it's five or whatever. Oh, like how it
3: rounds up to five or whatever. Yeah,
2: it's like you do some infinite decimal and then you round it up or something. Yeah. Like
3: that's not. No, it doesn't work. Yeah, it's not. It's not two plus, Not two plus two. That's two point. Blah 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 blah. Plus two point blah blah blah, blah equals five. Yep. But doesn't work. Doesn't work. Not yet. Not yet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and our subjective and. Highly influential culture, yes. But it is
2: interesting how um, math, in its purest form, is, like, you can't necessarily lie through math. Like, it is a language of its own, Mm -hmm. and then it can only express facts if it's worked properly.
3: Yeah, It's not subject to Alex's message this morning of, the big guy says that the sky is green. The little guy says the sky is blue. Who's right when it comes to natural selection? The big guy. <laughs> the big guy. Because he except. destroys the little guy who disagrees with him. Mm-hmm. True. Mm. But that does it. not work for 2 plus 2 equals 5 because the next person that comes by and realizes, no, 2 sticks plus 2 sticks is only 4 sticks. Mm. Like, there's no way around it. Yep. Well, it's
2: self-inferable. <laughs> so, like, you see it. You, you understand. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. You can recover that knowledge if it was lost through that evolutionary process of the big guy beating up the little one. Uh,
3: It's like, yes, even though you count to four, this is still five. (laughs) Okay. Somehow.
1: (laughs) We'll figure it out.
2: I say it must be. Of course, he's not going to get very technologically advanced doing that, but he'll be right in his own little kingdom.
3: That's how it works. Eventually, he'll get to a big enough project that it will literally blow up in his face. (laughs)
2: But just to adjust this in the rocket. And...
3: Shoot, not even go that far. Just go with lighter fluid on a campfire. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's like let's see. So I think so. Two plus two equals five. And I was told to do two doses of two. So <laughs> it's a little <laughs> too much.
1: <laughs> it's gonna get them. Instant s'mores.
2: Hey, Instant.
3: <laughs> right. yeah, that's how I like you it. You change your own nature to become the s'more. And then you eat yourself.
2: That's more or less what people are trying to do right now, though, right? Yeah, cannibalism? Like, no, no. no <laughs> I mean, for maybe eventually. No, wait a minute. Self cannibalism. Are we going to get back into the cannibalism?
1: No, no, we're not.
0: Whoa. No, oh, you said a good, cannibalism. It's a good
1: oh, conversation no, 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 no. that I've had multiple times. <laughs> it's it factually <laughs> proven at this point. Uh, 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 <laughs> like cannibalism
3: is the only way out for us. let change gone? the topic quick. <laughs> <What laughs> Once you bring up cannibalism, there's nothing else to talk uh, about other than cannibalism. So the Cowboys this year—they <laughs> can't go eight and eight, guys. It's impossible to go eight and eight. Oh no! They've been given an extra game in the NFL this year, so they can no longer go eight and eight. Really? Uh huh. I did not know that. It is eighteen week season instead so of seventeen week. Wow. So they can no—they can ne- the Cowboys can never go eight and eight, eight, and eight ever again. Day.
2: That breaks my heart.
3: It'll go eight eight and one. Or eight and nine, or nine and eight. They can never go just eight and eight anymore. Mm-hmm.
2: And they were coasting on that for so many years. That's... Yeah, they
3: took all of our money by doing that.
2: <laughs> I can't believe it.
3: The millions of Cowboys fans just—they're
2: hanging their heads low because of this,
3: this terrible affliction. Yes, and it's what's sad is that we have an equivalent in baseball in the Yankees. But the Yankees have managed to figure out how to spend enough money again to be good.
2: <laughs> if only Jerry Jones could only witness J- their power. <laughs> oh, if I spend money on the team, they play that they better. That's all wow. you got to do. You pay to if win. He actually spends a lot of money on the players' salaries. This
3: would help the Rangers, too. But we have this guy named John Daniels in the general manager <laughs> position that refuses to spend money and has just turned the Rangers into the farm system for the Yankees. <laughs> You've heard Somebody's gonna
2: take that fall, you know. It might as well be our. Somebody's gonna be the own. underdog
1: here. Mm. The Losers. Yep. We take the L.
3: I gotta say, we're not gonna be like the Astros though. We're not gonna lose for so many years, and then all of a sudden, just have great picks because we trade them all away. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's that's gonna be a universal constant. It's just we'll we'll never keep anybody good. As soon as we find them, I'm like, hey, you want these guys? Take them.
3: It's the Cowboys and the Rangers will never be good so long as John Daniels and Jerry Jones are working the front office.
2: But, you know, they make a lot of money for themselves. Oh, of it's,
3: course they make a lot of money for themselves. fantastic money.
2: They, they've actually done very well in that regard. That, yeah. that was their end, and they've accomplished it.
3: Yeah. Just screw all of sports in the process.
2: <laughs> what is all of sports when you have money?
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <O> American society. <laughs> How Much they agree with you,
2: <laughs> it's true. They don't care about hate,
3: they even when they the hate their own team,
2: they'll tune in just to watch a lot of
3: times. But you know what? I heard from my brother recently. What's that? He's having a son that's gonna be born soon, and he's like, No, I'm not even gonna teach them like actual sport, like physical sports, like baseball, football, or anything. I'm just gonna start teaching them esports. Oh, there you go. And I get mean, into the gaming scene and make millions of dollars that way. <laughs>
1: you that's can do that. That's, uh, yeah. that's difficult, though, because you either got to get on a team or you got to start a team. And it, you got to have a lot of money to start a team in the first place. Well, one. we're
3: talking about starting at birth.
1: Yeah,
2: like
3: true. <laughs> yeah. You get somebody. I don't think we've ever. We've never had anybody that just starts at birth. Yeah. It's like you give In-game. them the. the I don't know you like, <laughs> know. How do you do it? Babies. How do you do it right well, when you come
1: out? You just, you just grab the controller and start gaming. <laughs> Yeah. Off like the... you off the little <laughs> fingers
3: first you start with Training snake the... <laughs> yeah, you I start go. with snake just moving the line and so it doesn't eat its own tail that's what you start mm-hmm.
2: mm. yeah before they've even opened their eyes they're mastering it mm-hmm. <laughs> Tetris next oh god
3: no if they master Tetris they can, yeah, they can they'll conquer it. the world because <laughs> I... they will figure out how to fit all the pieces together and mm-hmm. discover Illuminati confirmed Wait a minute. I don't know they how we got the there. triangle
2: piece and Tetris like like, what, what's going on? What did they do?
3: Nobody if they get it. the triangle piece, yet still make it fit. <laughs> That's a whole new level. It's like People are witnessing like brand new levels.
2: What's going on?
3: But again, 2 plus 2 equals 4.
2: But they know this at this point. They know all the other math too. It's just there. The math that hasn't been created yet. <laughs> Like it's they, like a Mistborn. Recreat-
3: it's oh, like yeah. a Mistborn. They know all the Alamancy, but they don't know anything about the Farrakami. Nope. But you get that one person that knows them both. All of a sudden, he's the Lord Ruler and rules the entire world for a thousand years.
2: Yep. And everybody thinks he's God, so it's like, okay.
3: Precisely. Figuring out yeah, how to put a this- triangle in a circle hole. Somehow they can do it
1: triangle in a cir- circle hole
3: mm-hmm.
1: what if the triangle was smaller than the, the hole Is that?
3: but that's what they won't tell you but that is the answer no. <laughs> if <Like, laughs> it's <laughs> smaller than anything could fit in it but. exactly <laughs> circle in a square peg
2: like you just make it a smaller.
3: <laughs> it's illogical it doesn't make <laughs> sense <laughs> but nothing makes sense in this world
1: it's true We're all in the matrix at this point.
3: We used to think that the sun rose and then set.
2: Now we see the world for what it really is. (laughs) (laughs) Flat We gotta gotta get my
3: brother on here for the flat Earth still. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: not
2: bad though. I I find it interesting because there's people that have devoted a lot of time and thought and effort and money to trying (sighs) to prove that the Earth is flat. I was like, even the, the ancient Greeks, they understood that the world was round. Like it was not a new idea going into the discovery of America. That's what they teach in school, but it's <laughs> not true. In fact, independently of each other, many ancient civilizations knew, yeah, the Earth is round.
1: I like, I like just watching people debate flat Earth and round Earth. Like, I don't even have a full side. I just like watching it because both sides are pretty strong, and it's pretty cool. This to watch. is not true. Amen. Amen. <laughs>
3: Flat if Earth, have somebody that flat loves Earth that is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you say that to my brother then. Flat Earth is wrong. <laughs>
2: you can observe the curvature of the Earth. Gravity with, with does pulses. not work
3: if the f- Earth is flat. That's not yeah, it's true.
2: That's, that's true. Just that's by the way that gravity works. It can't work Cannot without work. having... It a... depends
1: on your definition of gravity, though. If you if you think gravity all points to a center point and it's flat, then yes, it would be pulled. This way, but if it all pulls down straight on well, a flat.
3: Down, if angle, it pulls down straight, then which way is up? Exactly. Then the opposite side of the plate would be pushing away from the earth, not towards it. It is the earth. In that sense. But if the world if the, the flat earth is, oh, no. is the earth, though I, just, I get that. But if the earth is flat, there is a top side and a bottom side.
1: Yeah. And if gravity <laughs> goes
3: down, meaning top to bottom then it goes away from the bottom. See, side. there's a lot of questions we can't answer. Like, as if gravity
1: worked on the opposite side of that plate, we don't know.
3: It wouldn't go, it, it is a constant. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're just going to assume it's flat here at this
2: point because we don't know. We just, we just no, don't know. We assume
3: the world is round because I don't we know. don't know.
2: I don't know about you,
1: but I like the idea of the hollow earth theory.
3: Hollow earth?
1: You don't know that? No. It's like t- layers yeah. in the earth. Like other, like, do you ever see Journey to the Center of the Earth? Okay. It's no, the same thing. There's like doing. other, another world or whatever below it. Except the we have holes.
3: volcanoes that show us the next depth of the Earth and that it is burning hot.
2: There's actually an ocean under the the, the Earth, but it's like steam. Hot. It It's hyperheated. Just running on air? <laughs> they, they used to think it was all compressed metals and. Liquid rock, but they did discover there's a, a thick layer of just hyper heated water.
1: This is we're getting into like some conspiracy <laughs> theory type stuff.
2: Like, I don't think that's we conspiracy haven't. theory. No, it like, just
1: looks like subsonic. No, <laughs> like the flat Earth and all that. Oh
2: wait, yeah.
3: <laughs> Well, you did bring on a guy that studied the human body and then philosophy and stuff. So there we go. Now yeah. We need to get and into it has metaphysics. It two brothers that are conspiracy theorists. So yeah. Both my brothers kinda
1: are, I guess. I'm I'm like the least one into it. So we've talked
2: about conspiracy (laughs) theories in the past. I enjoy
3: hearing the stuff, but Yeah, no, it's it's it's, really good. So it's fun. It's like sorry guys, we did land on the moon. Just saying.
1: Whether or not we did, the video proof is actually false. Like the actual video proof it's not real video. What's that show? Wait, not on a moon.
3: What's that show? Adam ruins everything. Yeah, I he actually, actually had a great video. That, that was the only one I like. How, how? The video cannot be fabricated <laughs> because of the lighting. It they, would have been too difficult, given the time, to fake that video. Today we could fake it, but 50 years ago we could not have faked that video.
1: See, there's all sorts of stuff that people think like we have advanced technology that hasn't been released to the public yet like and that, oh, going to that, the moon. <laughs> Not like <laughs> Well, they're wondering how you lost all that technology from when we went to the moon, how we lost all that and why we can't get it back. Why we don't have the we technology? We
3: have Elon Musk. That we could go anytime we wanted. We could go. <laughs> I don't know. And we have the Top International Jeff Space Bezo. Station,
2: so yeah, oh, so it's, it's been up there for a while. Yeah. Oh. We never really lost the technology. We actually outpaced it because mm-hmm. all of the computer technology on that shuttle, the little lunar rover is not even as powerful as a handheld calculator that we have today.
0: Yeah,
1: like Our, far our, our cell phones are yeah. pretty high tech. You I could go
3: know. to space with that. I don't think the problem was that we lost the technology. I think the problem is that in view of the technology we started looking down on Earth and realized oh, we messed up.
0: <laughs> and right then we there. started having
3: global warming conversations, and then climate change is what it turned into. Yeah. Because it wasn't just getting hotter, it was just different. Hotter and colder in places. And they quit their focus on space for a time to try and see if they could fix the Earth. Yeah. And then when it gets back to the point where they can't fix it anymore, they'll go back to space exploration and we'll turn into Star Trek and stuff. So
1: that's what Elon's trying to do now, right? He's trying to go to Mars mm-hmm. or what? That's Mars is in our journey. Okay. One I of the his
2: timetable is still the same, because he was wanting to launch his missions, I think, by 2024, or maybe reach <coughs> by 2024.
1: Hmm. Maybe. Probably not.
2: He, he has a habit of pushing things back a little bit.
1: He's probably so. pretty stressed out, though.
2: Yeah, he's got money.
3: We'll say, <laughs> Elon Musk there. stressed? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it. He's literally Tony Stark. Like, how could you be stressed?
2: <laughs> he actually did something... Like, He does a lot of unusual things, but... It fascinated me when he went on his recent, like, not-owning-anything trend, which fascinated Yeah,
1: he me. sold all his houses. Yeah, he sold all of his like, other than houses and
2: a lot of his yeah. things. Where does he sleep? I, I think Do- he just has some little small... Does he? I, I don't know exactly. I just
1: knew he sold all at most of his places. He might
2: be renting, for all I know. But he just downsized everything.
3: So he's preparing to colonize, is what I'm hearing. It could be that. <laughs> it, It's like, I don't don't need all this stuff on Earth, and it's not going to fit on the plane, so I'm just going (laughs) to get rid of it all, take my money, and then colonize Mars.
2: (laughs) Like, I don't remember exactly what he said, but at the time I heard what he was talking about when he was saying it, it almost sounded kind of like what Solomon was talking about. I was like, I have all this money and all these things, Hmm. and not a bit of it is bringing me any sort of lasting happiness. Like, it's meaningless. Like, hey, he's learning something. That's good.
3: Tom Brady said the same thing. Even winning Super Bowls. He's like, I I can have anything I want and it's all worthless. Sometimes it takes giving people all of those
2: things for them to actually realize. Yeah, that's got some... And that's a crazy
3: thing to think about is because usually we expect people to hit rock bottom for them to get that realization of, man, like, there is nothing here. Mm -hmm. I just need God. But for some people, it's... I got everything I ever wanted and still realize how empty it is. And that's when they see God.
2: Yeah, it's the extremes that ultimately bring you to your knees. Which, Yeah, you wouldn't think about the the ultra-rich, have everything. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, if you think about it, Mm -hmm. kind of part of the thrill in life for most people is grasping towards something that they don't have. So when they have it, there's no game left Mm -hmm. to play. I'm sure Jeff Bezos is one of the most miserable people on the world. In the world, whether he realizes it yet or not, it's going to catch up to him.
3: Because what else can he attain? Like for for Elon Musk, it's getting to Mars. But
2: yeah, once he's done that, then what? Yeah, you can always you can make
3: always... something else to pursue. But it's always a pursuit until the day you're dead and six feet under. It's always a pursuit, and you got to look back and realize was this pursuit really worth it? And if you end up six feet under and that's the end of your existence and you don't have an eternity to look forward to, having a name that potentially in four generations is going to get forgotten doesn't mean much.
2: And if it's not forgotten, it'll probably be slandered at some point by any number of people. So what kind of lasting legacy do you have?
3: I mean, look at all of our founding fathers of this country that... People are finding out they had slaves and are just don't care anymore about them. Like who yeah. cares about George Washington or Jefferson or any of these guys that bi- helped build this country yeah. into the free world that we have?
2: Yeah, it, it's it's interesting too because even even the ones that people do laud, you know, and they lift up as these great heroes of the past, it's like we can really look at their life, their histories. You know, a lot of times they weren't all that great of people to begin with, we've just remembered them as such. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's only one figure throughout all of history that really needs to be lauded, and that's Christ, mm-hmm. just because of his perfect life. And he's the one that people will attack you over most readily. <clears throat> it's, it's interesting, you know, what, what Craig says a lot and on Sunday mornings, you talk to somebody about God and they're usually pretty receptive because theology is an interesting topic. Yeah, it's
3: the theism of it. It's mm-hmm. just the fact of, oh yeah, a God or something, but you never drop about Jesus the Christ. God. <laughs> and it's... Jesus Christ, the God. Yeah. The God that came down and became man. Mm-hmm. That of all of all possible beings in the universe, you chose the most powerful being of all to come down to be a simple human and not just a human, but even born in a
2: trough, yep. the loneliest of circumstances,
3: to never attain any sort of major glory while on this earth. I mean, he walked around, taught great things, and did incredible so- signs and wonders. And he got kicked out of his own town. They wanted to throw him off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Everybody was, wanted to kill him. He was constantly at threat of being arrested and killed. I mean. No one would look at that in the 21st century and think that's a life to live. Mm -hmm. That's a good life. Constantly being on the run from the the government and the officials. I mean, you can ask a whole list of people that are in prison right now and they'll tell you, no, being on the run is not fun. (laughs) And that was Jesus' life for three years when he was doing his ministry. When he was doing good things on top of that. Healing Healing the blind and the sick and everyone that's hurting and giving them a better life forgiving people of their sin and and showing them a way to do better like and they killed that man
2: and they really wanted to kill him it wasn't an accident they plotted it and planned it convinced people that paid people to false witness pay people to say something else Mm -hmm. behind the scenes i mean they covered it up any and every way they could even after the fact, once they'd killed him and he got resurrected, they paid the, uh, the guards to say that the disciples had come in and it's taken the body. Yeah. So it's like they had probably the most chances to, like, turn back on their schemes. And they just doubled down,
3: tripled mm-hmm. down. Yeah. Yeah. And even more so, look at Judas Iscariot, who's one of the 12.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Like, you don't get any closer. I mean, he was the, he was the money changer for the, for yeah. the group. He took in all the money and that was he was stealing money from the pot that's being given that's supposed to be given to the poor. Like you don't get any closer than sitting right next to Jesus at the table yep. in the last supper and him looking over and saying go do what you're going to do. Yep. Like get that close to somebody ultimately that you're going to betray and have killed. Like knowing that he's a good man too. Mhm. I just like <laughs>
2: and that's a, that's a very interesting thing, too, because of the, the whole fact that Satan was working on and in him mm. during that whole thing. Um, yeah, it's, that's a bizarre passage to read. All of it is a bizarre passage to mm. read, but it really makes you think, like, oh, dear. And I know that was preordained. That was something that had to happen so that Christ could be caught and killed. Every other time that they tried to catch him... (laughs) He
3: somehow... Evaded. ...went through the crowds and got out
2: of there. There was one of them, which I was just like... Because, you know, there's the one that you walk through the crowd, and they are trying to throw him off the cliff, and there's all of those. But there's one that it says, and he hid... It was like in the middle of a... In the <laughs> temple, right? In yeah. the temple, and he, yeah.
3: And they were going to go stone him because... <laughs> and he kind of just hid in and it's vanished not... out the back door or something. We were wondering, it was like, is there a closet that has all the stones that they had to go and grab the stones? <laughs> it's stone in from one of so the he pillars. He <laughs> hid, so he hid while they were going to look for the stones. <laughs> we
2: don't know, but it, mm-hmm. it's fascinating. It, I think it was think. John
3: 8, I think, was what that yeah. was. Mm-hmm.
2: But it's... It's fascinating, too, because I've been... I have time to think while I'm at work and lately I've been reflecting on you know, how the, the heavens will reflect the glory of God and um, I've been thinking, well, okay, if the heavens are reflected, how about all the rest of nature? That would be self-implied. I mean, God made everything, therefore his own character would be reflected in everything. That's something that Pastor Bill has talked about before. Um, Even the rocks will cry out. Yeah. So it's like they're it's in everything i wonder if you could sit there and, and start coaxing it out and yeah if you start thinking about different things and the way they work it's like oh wow it has it has a lot of spiritual meaning in just ordinary things um even recently i've taken that a step farther and like looked at the different ways that people can physically die like it gets a little morbid mm. but Like, take drowning, for instance, right? Real drowning, when someone actually drowns, it's completely silent. There's no thrashing around, there's no crying out for help, it's just they sink under the water and they drown. And if you take that and then look at it with a spiritual lens and and imply that that person drowning is perhaps somebody in the faith that is struggling And you look at that and go, okay, oftentimes those people that are struggling the worst are the quietest around their fellow believers. And Mm -hmm. they they just sort of drift away without saying anything. Um, I wonder how many people drown spiritually being held silent by their own fear or their own shame. They don't say anything to anybody else. Well, they're surrounded by strong swimmers and lifeguards. And they just sucked away and are gone. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's one example. And you start applying that to everything. It's like, oh. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, that's in, in everything in the world. And differing, it's it's just eye-opening. And yeah. so that that's, that's what I've been doing recently. Anyway. Yeah.
3: And I think even to carry on with that, like, yeah, there is the person that be, starts to drown where, like, their voice doesn't get out. And whether it's a metaphor of them not speaking or... Feeling choked up for anxiety or whatever, there's also something to be said about that person if they are in the community of faith, brothers and sisters looking around and just checking on how people are doing because maybe one of us can pick out and look and say, "Man, like it sounds like you're really struggling. Like you're floundering there. You're sounds like you're about to start sinking. Like on some whether it's mentally, emotionally, physically, like whatever the case may be, uh, certain sin struggles or something, um, and just a brother or sister like just. Showing they care, and maybe that's the little spark that allows them to walk in the light for a second and really confess what's going on in their life, and could be the very thing that saves them potentially. Yeah, Uh, both in ultimate salvation that in eternity, but also just saving them from themselves and their own sin.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I think we have to be trained lifeguards because <clears throat> the, the people that are trained to be lifeguards, they don't look for the thrashing and the, the crying out. They look for people that have ducked under the water for a, just a touch too long. Mm-hmm. They're, they're trained differently than we would assume. And so we probably ought to start looking for the same mm-hmm. symptoms.
3: And we, we got to swim together. Yeah, yeah. You can't, if you go swimming by yourself and you start drowning, there's no one there to protect you. That's why you can't be alone. you got to be in a community you got to go to church every week and hang out with your brothers and sisters in Christ there. It's not enough to just be home and just read your Bible by yourself. Because Scripture is hard to understand sometimes. And you really do need those other brothers and sisters that have the Spirit in them to help you get through some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a passage in Isaiah where if you read it in the King James, it says that God creates evil. And it's like, well, what do you do with that? It's like-, like, how do you understand this? philosophically, metaphysically, Christian theistically, however. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, if you read it just by your own understanding,
2: mm-hmm. it's like that has a lot of implications that are terrifying.
3: Yeah, Most people I know have left the church because either they've never asked their questions and so they struggled and fell away because they just couldn't rationally accept it anymore. They couldn't, whether it was how the Bible was written or... How God, Like we talked about this morning, how God allows certain evils to happen and such. There's a lot of that, and so they don't have that time to dialogue with people. Um, but even more so, I see a lot of people not asking and talking about certain stuff. And then when something major happens, whether it's an affair or something in the church, all of a sudden they can say, well, even this good guy over here did this awful thing. Clearly the whole church must be... A a wicked or waste of time or Mm -hmm. load of crap, like whatever. Um, And again, they don't seek out the righteous people and good people and just say, no, like we're broken people. We have problems. We struggle at times. We all have like loneliness and uh, identity issues at times. And just, and it's when we don't come together and ask these questions and talk about stuff where you really just start to question everything and simple truths in god's word like the fact that he loves you and cares about you you start to question and forget and when you don't think that he cares about you or his people care about you you forget to care you don't care about them
2: yeah no it's true and it it's all too easy to forget too which is why we're always supposed to be in the word we're always supposed to be praying and talking to those that we respect and that that know more about the bible than we do because we all get doubts at times. We, you know, life is a very complicated and tricky thing, and you're going to encounter situations that you've never encountered before, and they're traumatic. And, you know, there's there's lots of people I've met, and myself included, where, you know, you think you get a handle on things, you think you get a handle on life, and then all of a sudden something comes along that throws you for a major loop, mm-hmm. and. You know, Craig was with us there at the end after church left and uh, we were talking about Jonathan mm-hmm. and uh, I was saying yeah, often when you're thrown into one of those life or death situations or one where it just shakes you to your core you often go back to the, your root what you know will help you mm-hmm. so like for Jonathan it was probably drugs and alcohol and yeah. for Craig, he had had a drink at some point in the past he realized that it was great for fixing anxiety so mm-hmm. he went straight to a drink it's like it, it's yeah. all
3: about how you train yourself. Oh yeah, I mean I can speak from experience. Like for me, that uh, one thing for me. Whenever uh, I had something traumatic happen uh, in my life, whether it was just something that didn't go my way or I had a rough day, uh, pornography was definitely one for me. Where it was just um, I'd go, I'd get home after a long day or something, and I'd just go take in some pornography and escape to that realm. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say reality because it's not. It's incredibly fake and orchestrated and it really has a lot of problems as far as uh, how to treat humanity and uh, objectifying people in, in such a way. But that was a big struggle I had for a long time and the thing is, I didn't walk in that light I didn't walk in the confession and I started to let it overcome me and I started my own drowning process um, and it started becoming worse it, it wasn't just that pornography wasn't enough it was okay I'm realizing I'm really lonely and I actually need somebody there and it goes into uh, bars and trying to find other people to get to do stuff with uh, even getting eventually the point of prostitution and even just paying somebody to give you that time and uh, attention just to feel like you actually exist in this world because um, you go far enough in your sin you'll look and just realize, man, man I just want somebody to notice me um, and you'll get to that point and you'll look back and be like, man, how did I even get here and you start looking over years and years of experiences and realize that I just needed one breaking point and that was okay, I hit my breaking point and this is what I did and I even on the way to my first experience with it, I was, God, I know what I'm about to do is wrong. Forgive me for what I'm about to do. Not that I did, but about to do. I knew beforehand what I was doing was wrong. And I still went through it, and I was utterly disgusted with myself for what I did. I couldn't believe what I did. Like, I had one, I, I was trying to be in ministry at that point, even, trying to be a pastor of some kind. And uh, I went and did all that, I was just dumbfounded by myself. And I still kept it hidden for a while. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna push it away. I'm gonna keep silent. I'm just gonna let it not come out. And then all of a sudden, like a few months later, it happened again. I was like, okay, I'm gonna push it down. After about like six, seven months of struggling, I finally got to the point. I was like, okay, this is not gonna work by myself. Yeah. And I went to Brother Bill and Brother Mark, and I said, hey, I got to be real honest with y'all, with you guys. I've been struggling with this. This is what my life has been for the last se- several months and everything. Even though I was going to different youth camps and super summers and all that trying to be on fire teaching and doing all that stuff and everything and just don't this is the state of my soul this is the state of where i've been for the last several months and i realize this is wrong and this is not okay and i need to get right and the first thing bill told me was don't leave don't leave keep coming you're not too far gone keep coming, be with the fellowship, be with the faith, be with your brothers and sisters. You don't even have to tell everybody about this. You don't have to tell anybody really about this. You have us you, and as you get more comfortable with this, t- as time goes by, then we can start sharing. But right now, this is a trauma and we need to work through this. And I was signed up for going to therapy and I was meeting, this, this, that was like the start of me meeting with Bill twice a week was to have that time and that fellowship of just, I need to get right. Um, and I, I mean, there was a major level of church discipline. I wasn't allowed to lead a middle school small group at that point. Uh, I couldn't go to camp the next year and COVID happened. So, I mean, nobody went to camp that year, mm-hmm. um, but it was a big question mark of like a bunch of things. Cause it was a matter of, okay, like, is he, how is he doing? Is he okay with some of these things? Is he working through some of those things? Um, and I can say, i a lot better than I was, but I mean, this was almost three years ago, two years ago. Uh, Where were we in 2021? That was 2019. So two years ago. Um, but Yeah, it was a rough time spiritually. And that was just my first year out of college, just going through some of that stuff and uh, really needing to get right. And now it's like, every time I see Bill and Craig, they're like, man, I'm just so proud of you. you know, I mean, and even me, I don't feel like I'm necessarily like, we always talk about Christian growth and such and like oh yeah like I'm growing this way I'm doing these things now any of those stereotypical ways that we talk about it I cannot say I felt any of that but every single time I see Craig and Bill they're like oh man you're growing so much and I'm like am I <laughs> really and it takes that um, affirmation from them to keep me going it takes it from my brothers and sisters at the church to affirm that keep me going Um of all different kinds, whether it's just how I go out and I care for people or go the extra mile as far as literally going the extra mile to drive somebody to church or something, um, different stuff like that. Not to, I mean, not to boast in any way, but it is a, it's these things that more mature men than I are looking and seeing. this is how we can see your growth where I, I know personally, I still struggle with consistently reading my Bible. I still struggle with praying, and I even meet with my pastor twice a week and do this with, Mm -hmm. and I still struggle with it. It's still hard. But as I continue to be in fellowship, as I continue to walk in the light and confess and have these kinds of conversations and encourage people that way, there's a lot of people that go through struggles and hard times and think, oh, I've done too much, and uh, that's why I always love when Alex Johnson teaches because he lays it all out there. Mm-hmm. Even if, it, even though it was his B.C. years, and I can't claim that this was before uh, Christ was in my life and such, um, I can still look at his testimony and mine and see how God works in humanity and works in uh, guys and girls in order to redeem them, restore them, transform them, and doesn't leave them in the state that they were at and uh that's an incredible encouragement for me to see guys like that to see um what certain people have gone through over the years and to see them come out of that and it's really discouraging for me when i see what friends of mine used to do at one point and yet have walked away from since um even uh people that i used to lead in a uh, small groups where i'm just looking i'm like man like we used to always talk about this stuff, but then I—it's like I disappeared, and all of a sudden you're back to doing all this. Like, what happened? Um, and so it's just like you hear this different stuff, and this is the overabundant importance of you gotta be with the family. You gotta be with the family. You gotta be with your church family, not just your blood family. That they're great, but most importantly, you gotta be with your brothers and sisters in Christ, because ultimately. If your family, unfortunately, if they're not saved, they got the next 40, 50, 60 years, maybe. And then they're six feet under and they're done. But it's your brothers and sisters in Christ that you're going to spend eternity with where they're going to know everything about you. You're going to know everything about them when it comes to the end game. And we're all before Christ fully in the light Everything we've done is laid out. We're before the judgment throne. But Christ is our advocate, uh, defends us against the accuser, and we spend the rest of eternity praising our good king. Mm -hmm. And doing good work,
2: too, which I was so happy uh, when I first started going to Lake Highlands. One of the first sermons that Pastor Bill preached, he talked about how we're not just going to be sitting around on sofas in heaven playing our harps and singing to God all the time. Mm -hmm. We will be worshiping him, but there's many different types of worship, and one of which is working well. He's going to be putting us back on a newly created earth, and there's going to be a lot of work to do. And I know as a man, that kind of reality, that really strikes a chord with me. I'd like to do work perfectly Mm -hmm. because work was always what we were assigned from the very beginning. I yes. mean God created Adam and told him to work the garden and subdue the world. And it's like that sounds like an adventure. That sounds like something tremendous and joyful and you know, it, it it's that reality that we lost with sin, but mm-hmm. being able to walk with God daily and experience wonders that, you know, our our worldly life can't compare to. Uh I've only rarely heard it said by pastors, but I think it's something that needs repeating as, as much as we remember it. But part of our joy in the current world is looking toward what heaven and the new earth is going to be for mm-hmm. Christians. Just to, to look forward and try and wrap our mind around it. We can't, no, the most creative mind we have here on earth can't envision what it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. And we'll have an eternity of that. Which, again, we can't conceive of. Uh, but, you know, C.S. Lewis was fantastic in, in his breakdown of like, trying to prod out some of the concepts that will be at play in heaven. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of the things that we experience at a base level will continue over. Like, God has placed in people a, a craving for change as well as constancy at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's good because he placed us in a world that exemplifies both perfectly in a natural sense. Mm. So it's like you've got the changing of the seasons, but the constancy of them always coming back around mm. and, and, you know, the day night cycle and that kind of thing. While we won't have a day night in the new earth, I think there'll be that kind of thing where there's things that it might change in different ways but will also have you know things will come back to the same thing you know I'm just postulating out of the, out of my head right now but it will be so marvelous and majestic and you know you look at Christ and all the things he did i think that's indicative of the the abilities we will have on the new earth you know yeah, being able absolutely. to walk on water there's not going to be an ocean but you know probably passing through walls and flying and you know <laughs> well, who all knows what yeah. but it's It's gonna be fantastic, but probably the most fantastic thing is not having sin you You can really in heaven and in the new earth stand next to God without dying. you could see his face
1: that's that's one of the things i like, i really aspire like, I'm looking forward to is the absence of sin you won't even have the desire for sin so it takes Str- out all that struggle in like our current life all that struggle will be out along with you'll be worshipping God and uh, yeah I love that and I think but,
3: even with that just the things that we run to sin for like when yeah, I look the comfort at like yeah. the comfort the intimacy the connectedness, not trying to not wanting to be lonely all of those things will will be perfected we'll have the perfect community we'll have Perfect union with our God and His people, that we'll never be lonely ever again. We'll have joy everlasting. Yeah. Like that's what I think about is just I won't I won't want to sin because the thing I run to sin for will be worthless. Yeah. Like it's gone. I don't. I'm. I'm not am i am not going to run to sin for because I need intimacy. Because I'm gonna have perfect intimacy.
1: Yeah, you will pretty much be in the presence of God pretty much Constantly. always yeah so yeah. it's like even mm-hmm. even if that was a thing I mean it's right there the answer to it is right mm-hmm. there but it's not even a thing so something to look forward to um but
2: there's and there's so much so much more about heaven and and the reality that that will be cuz so many people think of it as just sort of like yeah we'll we'll be spirits up in up in heaven or or spirits on the new world. no we're, God is going to recover our physical form. bodies. We're going to have new, perfect bodies with no pain. Oh, gosh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thank the Lord. <laughs> I, 14 years of baseball and a load of other stupid decisions in my 23, almost 24 years of life, I have such a broken body. I've jacked up my knee, my back, my shoulders. Like, oh, uh, to think I might get to a point, or, or not might, gonna get to a point where I'll be able to run have fun, work I don't know if there's going to be sleep on the new earth but all those things and not feel pain because my body will be genuinely restored I, that's amazing yeah. just, to th- just to even try and conceptualize like that there's going to be people right now that are in wheelchairs that will be walking
0: mm-hmm.
3: blind people will see Like cataracts will go away and all that Deaf people will hear. Dead men, all of us at some point, we will walk again. Yep. Yeah, and, that's In perfected forms that, you know, we can't...
2: Because there was a verse I was just reading today, and I can't remember what it was. Um, was it today? Regardless, um, essentially the essence of it was that... Oh, shoot, I've lost it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bad at that. Try can right. attest to that. I'll, I'll start <laughs> a, a thought. Hey. And then I'll it's try and fine. remember
2: something and it's gone. It happens. Um, the essence of it was something like, we we have no clue what the exalted body will look like. Like, what, what the reality of our mm. exalted and perfected form will be.
0: Yeah,
2: Because only... Two people have seen the transfigured Christ. Um, there's, you know, He's appeared symbolically to John in Revelation, mm. but I have a feeling it's far more potent than anything and they even can describe. Then, I mean,
3: and even then, we're talking about that's the kind of divine nature of Christ leaking out or whatever, mm-hmm. if we call that, uh, for the transfiguration and stuff and the divine appearance Uh, but to think of just the truly human, the resurrected self of us, I mean, the only time I think we can, we can look at Jesus before death and see how he did things, but even after his death and his, when he resurrects in the way he does things, that's the closest picture we have to the potential of what our bodies are going to be, um, and that even includes the scars um, where Thomas has to feel the holes in Jesus' hands and inside. So even in the resurrected body, somehow we still have some scars there. But I'm not sure if that's just in that account or that for just him in particular, in particular as the lamb that was slain. Um, I don't know. I'm not, we're not sure what that means for the rest of us. We just know that on the other side of things, whenever our Christ, our King comes back, all will be made right, and it'll be paradise.
2: All right, firecrackers.
3: Hopefully, there's a lot
2: of that around me. Might have been a car backfire, honestly. It could have been okay. a car backfire or a drive-by.
3: Let's <laughs> yeah, let's not. Okay that wouldn't <laughs> work. But
2: yeah, no, I mean, it's it's. Interesting, Um, another one of the things I've thought about is that all men are kind of in the business of bricklaying, and they're building a wall around a little area that they think is theirs, so while they're on earth, while they're here, they're building a wall of things and sins, and they're trying to block out something that they really don't know what it is, but that they're, they're building that wall and they're they're getting things, you know, possessions and whatnot, and they're piling it on the inside of their wall. They're building it around themselves. And ultimately they get to the end of their life. They've constructed this perhaps very massive wall, or maybe one that's very meager. And they realize that the thing they were building the wall against this whole time was perhaps death. You know, but they couldn't do that. You know, the wall couldn't protect them from that. Mm. And then they realize that the wall maybe can protect them from the greater fear that they have now, as they pass that veil, which would be the wrath of God Himself. And that wall will vaporize before God even has a chance to strike it. Yeah. But the reality of the Christian life is, we turn from our brick laying and we realize we don't need a wall at all. We don't have to fear death. And we certainly, in Christ, don't have to fear the wrath of God. And so our lives look painfully different than those of everybody else because in a completely illogical sense, we start plucking the bricks from our wall and taking the possessions from inside our little bulwark, and we start Mm. giving it out to the people around us and helping them to see that there's nothing to be afraid of in God if you have Christ. And there's... There's so many metaphors you can have for the reality of our lives. And, you know, you you can see it in everything. But it's really something else. And I think it's the beginning of that joy that Craig and Bill see when they look at you is starting to see somebody else see that reality for the first time.
0: Mm.
2: It's like you might not see it yourself, but somebody who's been there can notice in your bearing, in the way you do things, and the way you love others when you couldn't love before that there is such power in the love of Christ and in the way he can transform you. That's something else Alex Johnson said that truly impressed me. Um, I think it was the first time I heard him preach He's saying that, you know, it, what was more powerful than being able to move mountains? If you have the faith of mustard seed, you can move mm-hmm. mountains, but Yet greater works will you do. What was that greater work? That was changing men's will. Mm. And before he said that, I never realized how impossible a feat that really is. You cannot, no matter what, and you can't do it to yourself, change a man's will. It's not possible.
0: Mm.
2: You can dissuade him from doing things by playing at his will, promising him things now or things later to dissuade him from but you can't change what he ultimately wants to do. Mm. And the power of Christ in, is taking that immovable object, that unchangeable thing, and making it malleable and changing it. And it's potent. It's really potent. Mm. I wish I felt it more. I, I begin to see it sometimes, and mm. I, I can't comprehend it, and perhaps that's where I need to leave it and just trust that that is true.
3: Yeah, there's something to be said about focusing so much on this current life we have Um, I was thinking about it a few weeks ago when I went to go teach the youth and Chris and their whole family wasn't sure if they were going to get back in time so they asked me the day before to just come up with something I was like, okay, I'll try Uh, I couldn't think of anything all day and I was just thinking, man all these kids, they struggle with understanding the Bible but they more so and I remember this of myself as well as a teenager, we're so focused on our own life in that moment, whether it was being a varsity athlete, dating the prettiest person in the school or whatever. And we didn't focus enough or think enough about just living in the moment, but also just in the future as well. And the illustration that kept coming to my mind was, I tried so hard in high school to get that letterman. And that letterman meant something when I walked the halls of my high school. It gave me a certain status because I had that letterman. Once I got that piece of paper that said I graduated, that letterman meant nothing except this can keep you warm. And when I went to college at Texas Tech, we made fun of the people that wore their high school lettermans. Because they were living in the past, and I thought about that as, in a grand scheme of things, our humanity is the same way. We focus so much on, oh, I gotta have this wealth, I gotta take care of these things, and focus on this, and I gotta get the best job, and I gotta, I gotta keep up with the Joneses, and get the bigger house, and stuff like that. That we don't realize there's gonna come a point where we're gonna look back and like that's the past. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Especially for us Christians, we're gonna look back and be like. We have eternity. Yeah, that may have happened before all said and done. But that little blip of 60, 70, 80, 90, if you're lucky enough or unlucky, depending on how you think (laughs) of it, 100 years of life, in the grand scheme of eternity, that's just a vapor in the wind. And you're going to look back and who knows what our memory is going to be like if we even remember those days. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine we will because it does say that God wipes away our every tear and there's going to be some sort of trauma and such I imagine because there's going to be certain people that we wanted to be with us in eternity or thought were going to be with us and weren't because they didn't know Jesus well or at all Um, or at least they thought they did and Jesus said I never knew you I mean Matthew 7 Um, and I imagine that's part of what's going to have our Sorrow, But that sorrow is only for a time. Because in the grand scheme, we're going to have, again, the perfect reality at that point.
2: Yeah. I think there's also going to be a sense, and it, it again, it doesn't make sense to our minds, because we're so rooted, our understanding is so rooted in the here and now. But there's probably going to be a sense in which we'll be with Christ, and we'll understand those people that... Aren't there the ones that didn't get saved, Hmm. and will realize the fullness of the rightness of that judgment, and that will make us be filled with joy. And it's something that, you know, if if you were trying to tell me, yeah, I will understand that whoever, you know, my brother is burning in hell, and I will be filled with joy because of it. It's like that doesn't make any sense at all. But in Revelation, I believe it says that the Christians will rejoice in his right judgment because ultimately, I mean, God is a God of judgment. And the entirety of human existence has been, in a sense, unjust. What we truly deserve is an immediate but also excruciatingly painful death mm-hmm. just to be wiped out of existence. Yeah. And yet we're still here, and he gives us time. To repent he gives us many scenarios and you know he gives us far more than we deserve so when it, when final judgment does fall I think there will be rejoicing even mm. if we understand you know there's people we knew and loved
3: yeah and there's a lot of judged. people nowadays that are like well I don't understand a God that could judge and send people to hell for eternity or something like that and it's like well I mean how do we feel, as in our human understanding, how do we feel about the rapists and the Hitlers and the mass school murderers and stuff like that? We want nothing more than to put them on the electric chair and zap them into eternity. But the problem is that all sin is an offense against God that way. To the littlest of lies, which, if we're being really honest, those lies are not little... Oftentimes, those lies are the very thing that leads us to the drowning that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, it, it gets bigger. <laughs> exactly. And it, to the point where eventually you get snuffed out.
2: And I think the most effective tool you can use in getting people to realize that is to go, okay, you know, remember back to when somebody did something wrong to you. And it could be a little infraction, mm-hmm. but being lied to or being betrayed now multiply that by a million and that's what god is feeling at our every sin because our purpose in mm-hmm. him creating us was to live in that perfect life with him walking with him mm-hmm. and at sin and continually ever since we've been spurning that and actively working against it actively pushing mm-hmm. against it you know i don't have a full view of what is truly sinful but the more the spirit works in me the more little things he reveals as mm. sinful and i have a feeling that th- throughout the rest of my life it will get more and more and more and more apparent how truly sinful oh, just about everything we do is mm. in not worshiping well enough you know how, how do we even know how to worship uh how we pay attention to other people how we treat them Mm-hmm. how we don't do some things that are required of us mm-hmm. and how the slightest like you're saying just a little white lie has humongous penalties even thinking about lying has humongous penalties mm-hmm. of sin you know I, I've heard that argument used a, a million times where it's like if you had somebody that lived a perfect life but they thought about lying one time that is justifiable for God to kill them to send them to hell and not a one of us has a, a truly they've not truly grasped the, the completeness, how horrendous sin is to be able to accept that, I don't think. I think that's true, but I, I don't understand it enough to, to agree. Hmm. I, I agree, but like, I don't know yeah. it. I
3: don't understand it. There's something to be said when the disciples ask, "Who is this man?" And even more so, when you look at the prophets, like I think about Isaiah, he's over pronouncing judgments on the people for their sin. And then in chapter six, five and six and seven, he comes in interaction with the with the God of the universe on his throne. And the only thing he can say is, woe is me. Yeah. And I think all of humanity is going to hit that point where they realize they're going to come face to face with the God, whether it's. In Christ, and they get become saved, or on judgment day when they see the Christ when it's too late, and they're gonna say, Woe is me, and they're gonna bow down, realizing that they messed up. And the craziest thing about all of this is that even with all of this, and God is totally just, and like you said, wiping us all out and wiping out the entirety of this universe. Because it's all broken now because of our sin. He's totally just going to do that. But this God that is all powerful, all good, and everything said, I'm going to do something about your situation. I'm going to come down myself, send my son to be as a human, fully human, fully God. Live on your earth that I gave to you and you punted the authority to Satan I'm going to go down there as Jesus and live the life I had planned for you. And ultimately, I'm going to die so that you can all someday live this life again that I have planned for you. It makes no sense at all. What powerful being looks at brokenness and utter mess and chaos and says... I love the people in this chaos and I'm going to save the people in this chaos and I'm going to provide for them a world after I've changed them into my image again for them to rule, for them to work and to have dominion over under the authority of my son, Jesus. That's not anywhere in any other religion. No, no other religion, no other philosophy, no atheism, no, nothing. Nothing compares to that nothing can hold up to that light in that and for whatever reason we all recognize this earth and everything like we have COVID-19 we have just genocide and war and all these things and we can and God looks and sees all of it and we're like God what are you doing and he's like man I sent my son that you would accept him so that you would take this invitation to the new earth that i have i'm gonna wipe all this out someday there's gonna be a day where, I, where jesus comes on the clouds and sword in his mouth and all that and wipes everything out all wickedness all evil satan and his followers into the lake of fire and there will be a perfect earth but you got to accept the invitation invitation and start changing by the power of the Holy Spirit in order to make it on the earth. Because if God just gave you an earth, Bill says this all the time, if God just gave you a new earth but didn't change you, it's going to be just as broken and just as messed up and just as chaotic.
2: Every bit. yeah. No, you're absolutely right. There there has to be the sanctification process Mm -hmm. or else it's all for naught. Cause yeah, God could save us 100,000 times and it wouldn't make one bit of difference. Mm-hmm. And one of the things me and Trey talked about on one of the previous podcasts was um, that Christians in a strange sense are a little bit like water. And I won't go through the whole thing that we went through, but <laughs> I had always been fascinated by the fact that when we're resurrected, finally, all sin and everything will just drop off of us and we'll be perfected. So the work of sanctification will be completed in an instant. Mm. And I don't necessarily think I struggled with that, but I kind of grappled with the, the reality of that. Like, How will that be accomplished? And If you look at the water cycle, um, water, when it's evaporated, if it has any sort of impurities in it at all, it so goes away. And mm-hmm. the water flies up into the heavens and you get got the clouds that I think are perfect image of what it's going to look like in heaven when you've got the innumerable multitude of saints wearing white robes, mm-hmm. washed white in the blood of the Lamb. And again, it goes mm-hmm. back to the heavens declare the work of his hands. That's the reality he has planned for us in the future and that's how it'll be accomplished. Mm-hmm. It's just and, there's something,
3: <laughs> and even with the clouds, there's something to be said about when the heavens declare... When the clouds are white, it's all nice and peaceful. But when those clouds get dark and there's chaos and there's storms, we recognize this is not not what what was meant. We're meant to have this clean perfection that's working with us, not this utter chaos. This is the fall that has caused this. This is us choosing sin and rebellion and all of creation saying God fix this but again God is patient because he wants us that's just crazy to me A a perfect all powerful God looks at his creation like this is a vulgar comparison but I just think of like Leighton and Titus and those guys and those kids they love Legos. And just looking at how they set up these Lego designs and these people and these villages and like Layton and Craig always work on Star Wars stuff. Like they build a Star Destroyer before and all that. And it's like, and all the work that came with that and they look at it, it's like, this is my design. And we, and I love this thing that I created. And that's a vulgar comparison because how much more the God of everything loves us, His creation made in His own image. Even. Yeah. yeah. No, I
1: agree. Yeah. I probably need the. Oh, we need to wrap it. Well, unless you don't want to keep going. But, so. <laughs>
2: we'll just be here all night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I belong. We, long we you can, can have talk any. about it. <laughs> I know we for got work. An infinite amount of time, and we'll have that time. We will have an eternity. Soon. <laughs>
1: we we'll do another podcast then. There you
2: go, <laughs> New Earth podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. That'll be it. See that would I think that'll be a fun topic we'll, we'll have to do at some point to like go through the different points that are revealed in the letters of Revelation, like the, the first seven letters that he, he gives out to the churches. You're asking a tall order there, son. Yeah. But like some, picking out some of those things that are, are going to be realities in the New Earth, you mm-hmm. know, like handing out the, the white stones with your new name on it, and you know each of those. I think that would be interesting to go through.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm, I, I'm actually sad I missed the last Bible study because y'all went over, I think, Lazarus. Yep, John 11. And I don't know,
3: I don't know if we're even Thanks. doing that anymore, but. I mean, we can always set up another time. We just got to figure out. Because you can't do Fridays. To do it. Yeah. yeah. Can't do Wednesdays. Can't do Fridays. Uh-huh. I, mean, I guess we technically could do Wednesdays, but it'd be late if we did Wednesdays. So we probably wouldn't want to do Wednesdays.
1: Yeah, probably not. I don't know. So.
2: Hopefully we could figure out a time, because yeah. I would I would enjoy getting back into that. Yeah,
3: you know that. It's good. I always so. posited potentially Saturday mornings, but I don't know what that looks like for you guys. I know you work sometimes.
2: Yeah, I've been working every You've been Saturday, working every last last yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot. I'm
3: keeping my fingers crossed, and I'm knocking on
2: wood that will stop. Waiting for that to be over. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not been fun, but it's reality at the moment. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well,
2: well, I guess we'll uh, we'll yeah. sign off. Thank you, everybody, yeah. for thanks listening. Thanks for thanks for Thank being you, on, man. Alex.
3: Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Absolutely. good. I'll do this again.
2: So, any last words,
1: Alex? Anything you want to say at the end? Oh man, oh, last words? Oh, I
3: gotta come up with this. I don't know. You oh, don't have uh, to. We should have uh. given you a warning. God, man, where was that? Like any farewells I or anything? You know? oh. um, yeah, I'll say this. Um, for anybody out there that's struggling, going through stuff. Um, sin struggle, or just things just don't feel right. Get with the community of faith. If you have questions, if you have doubts, concerns, just don't understand what's going on with the world. I mean, we have COVID, the Taliban's taking over Afghanistan again, and we're all confused and trying to understand what's going on. Uh, if you have questions, just get with your community of believers and pray, read your scriptures. Uh, get in the word, ask the God of the universe what's going on, and see what plans He might be having for each and every one of us, uh, including your own self. And so, I would just encourage you guys to do that. Um, Yeah. That's about all Mm -hmm. I got. I like it. Good. uh, I think you're right. (laughs) Any last
1: words David? Boing. Awesome.
3: (laughs) Boing. Boing? Boing. Boing.
1: Wait. There you go. Wait. <laughs> He's got it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cool. Um right. awesome. We'll catch you all on the next one. Yeah, we'll see y'all later. See Peace. Ya.